Today I'm teaching you 10 ideas for generating passive income in private practice as a therapist. Uh, I'm going to start from uh, more passive or truly passive all the way to more active or more involved. Uh, really concrete stuff here and uh, I hope you get a lot out of it. All right, let's dive in. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends at Practice Solutions. Uh, practice Solutions is the only billing company that you need to know about in private practice. Um, if you don't have a biller, um, you need to look into it because it's one of those things that will save you time, money, and ultimately a lot of stress uh, and back and forth with insurance companies. So um, I, I personally know Jeremy and his team, wonderful people delivering a really wonderful service. I'm really good at what they do. Um, really good at uh, helping therapists save time and money. Um, if you're interested in working with Practice Solutions, um, just reach out. You can talk to them for free. Go to practicesoul.com forward slash John. That's practicesoul, S-O-L, dot com forward slash John. All right, let's get into the show. You're listening to the John Clark cast. My name is John Clark. I'm your host. I never introduced myself as your host, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, I'm a licensed therapist, just like you. I'm a group practice owner, like many of you. And uh, most importantly, I'm a business coach and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And uh, today is Monday, November something. Let's look at my phone. November 5th. You're welcome. Um, if you didn't think you were going to learn anything on today's show, you already did. You know, you know what day it is now, and you know who I am. And um, yeah, I've been helping therapists since roughly 2013 when I uh, started my first practice in San Francisco, learned a lot of things the hard way, built a business from the ground up with absolutely zero dollars to put into it. Um, and... Um, since then I've been sharing and teaching the lessons that I've learned the hard way so that you don't have to. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what I do. Um, what else? I'm, I'm back in Charlotte. I'm here, um, at home recording where I usually do looking out the window. It's a rainy kind of dreary day. Um, and which makes me extra tired. So I'm extra tired this morning, but, um, takes me a few minutes to kind of get into the episode here, get warmed up and then, uh, you know, kind of find my stride here. But, um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well, that you had a good weekend. That you're ready for today. You're ready for this week that you're feeling optimistic about this week. And, uh, hope you're looking for the, the things that are going well in your life and in your practice. As, uh, a, a boss of mine used to say, whatever we focus on grows and gets bigger. So, you have a lot of choice as to what you focus on in your life and in your business. And that stuff's going to feel a lot bigger and take up more space in your life. So <clears throat> keep that in mind along the way. When I'm, when I do coaching uh, sessions with therapists, we always start with wins. So we, um, I ask them to think about and tell me about a couple things that have gone well since I last saw them. And sometimes this can be hard because there's so much going on. There's so much left to do. Our to-do list is never ending. Our inbox 
is um, never completely empty. And so um, sometimes we have to dig for it, but it's really important to, especially when you're on your own as a therapist, as a business owner, um, and wondering, am I, am I doing this right? Am I doing well? Am I getting anywhere? You know, it's really hard to see our own progress. So, um, so we have to do that for ourselves. You know, maybe just start by writing down a couple things that are going well right now in your business. You could do that right now or um, maybe just do it mentally. But um, it's an important part of, uh, of progressing. Um, so something to keep in mind there. Um, today should be a good one. It should be a good one. They're all good ones in different ways, but this should be a really good one because it's something that you guys just love hearing about. Therapists just go nuts over. I'm going to be talking about 10 ideas for passive income for therapists. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be starting with um, more passive or, or most truly passive all the way to more active or more involved. Because I think, um, first of all, there's, there's very few... Um, well, the idea of passive income is is arguable in itself. Um, there's there's ways of setting up income streams and generating additional revenue, but I think of it like you're basically front loading your work, front loading your efforts so that you can make some money outside of trading time for money, which is really the lowest form of earning money, um, and and the way that we, we <laughs> focus on for the most part as, as therapists in private practice. So, um, that's one of the biggest threats to our business is that we're typically not making money if we're not, um, in the chair and a client is not on the couch. So I think that's the, that's part of why, um, the idea of passive income appeals to so many therapists. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, the first thing I wanted to say is just kind of distilling the myth a little bit that um, a lot of people and a lot of marketers will um, kind of brag about all this passive income they have or tens of thousands of dollars of passive income and you can do it too. And you can, but it's more like, again, um, uh, kind of, you know, kickstarting a new income stream for yourself and then maintaining it. I think of additional revenue streams a lot like planting gardens. Um, I have a number of gardens that I have planted. They required a heck of a lot more effort up front when I first planted them. And now they require a bit less, but they do require maintenance and they do take up mental space. So that's the other thing to, to, to think about in all of this is what, what do you truly have the capacity for and what do you enjoy? There's lots to think about. Um, I used to do some vegetable gardening when I lived in Virginia and, uh, I had a friend of mine who had a tiller and he came over and tilled my entire backyard, which was really neat. And so it was like, um, he helped me get off the ground really quickly with planting these vegetables. So I had rows and rows of vegetables and uh, most of them did pretty well. Um, there was a good bit of work there in the beginning, you know, getting, getting things planned and sketched out and planting the seeds. And then, you know, it was something that I thought about daily and had to tend to, um, pretty much daily. So eventually, those those plants would bear fruit, but it wasn't without a lot of time and energy and uh, maintenance. So I think the same can be said for your passive income stream. And for a lot of you, it's, it's going to be your first passive income stream. Okay. So number one, and again, we're going to go one through 10 here today. <clears throat> number one, invest uh, the money that you already have. A lot of you are going to be surprised to hear me say this. I'm not going to go super into depth about how you should invest your money. Obviously, that's not what this show is about. But 
something a lot of people don't think about. Um, your hard-earned money should be working for you when you're not working. So um, whatever investing looks like for you on a personal standpoint, do it and generate truly passive income that way. Um, I'm, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan in terms of his uh, financial philosophies and his model that he teaches. Uh, Total Money Makeover, I used to think it was a really cheesy title and still kind of is, but super powerful um, framework for thinking about your money, um, cutting ties with credit cards, understanding how um, the financial industry works and how they get you um, getting out of debt if you're in debt and then building wealth basically. So he goes through this baby step model that I really like a lot. And uh, he'll always say that your, um, what does he say? Your income is your, your biggest wealth building tool or something like that. So I think that's absolutely true. So if you're not already handling your personal finances and investing, then I think that's a great place to start in a way that can be passive for you. Bet you didn't think I was going to say that as number one, did you? Um, <clears throat> okay. Number two, um, this is a little going to be a little closer to home for some of you, uh, sublease your office for a profit. So look at the, the assets that you already have, you know, before you go nuts and trying to create a course out of thin air or whatever, or sell an ebook for $5. Um, look at what you already have, look at the assets that you have and, and think it, start to think about ways in which you can, um, you can capitalize on them. Um, so what I would do if I were you, the, the reality is you're probably not using your office to see clients every business hour of the week or every available hour of the week. So you need to be, you need to think about subleasing these. Um, ideally, I think you sublease it for a whole day and you just charge for that day. I don't, I don't really like getting into like subleasing for an hour or chunks of hours. Um, at the, at the minimum I would do a half day, but even that I really don't like it because people are really just getting a better deal by doing that. And the reality is you've already furnished the place. You're on the lease, you know, you're taking care of things. You're probably, um, maintaining the utility bills and all that stuff. So, um, I think you should be compensated accordingly. Sirens going off. And for some reason it sounds like it's in my living room. What's up with that? Do I have a window open? This is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys could hear that at all, but I was like, either they're coming for me or they're already in my living room. Uh, moving on. So, um, you know, sublease your office for a profit and sublease it for a meaningful profit, please. I see too many therapists subleasing it for a $10 profit or a $50 a month. And in reality, you're, there's going to be some work going into it or getting it set up or getting them to sign a, a contract or answering questions at night or they're texting you at 930 going, Hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? Or we're out of toilet paper again. So it starts to become uh, non-passive pretty quickly if you're not careful. So I, I would want you to be uh, subleasing for a meaningful amount a meaningful profit for you and do it for at least a full day a week, if not a couple days, if not Saturdays, you know, there's a lot of clinicians that um, will see cl clients on uh, Saturdays, especially as they're starting out. So um, there you go. Number two is sublease your office for a profit. Number three, another asset that you already have is your paperwork. Sell your paperwork to other therapists. Um, this is something I started doing a um, long time ago. Basically, all the documents you need to 
set up your practice and onboard clients and um, uh, intake clients into your practice, et cetera. Credit card forms and informed consent and release of information and um, uh, what else? A letter for an emotional support animal. There's a hundred things. Uh, business associate agreement. Whenever you're uh, working with other providers or other, you know, um, resources that are serving you in your business to keep your client information protected, all sorts of stuff. Um, and actually, I think that packet is still for sale at PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com. Um, they uh, sell a few of them just every now and then, kind of randomly without trying. So. Um, it, that, in that regard, it is truly passive. So, um, if you have a nice paperwork packet and especially if you have, I think forms and documents that are, that are specialized like an EMDR consent or something. And of course I don't know the legalities of selling something like that for something that's maybe kind of proprietary, but, um, you know, if you do online therapy, you could sell that in form consent. If you have a social media disclaimer, you could put that in there, um, I don't know if you have a special consent for doing school observations. I'm sure there's a consent for that. So if there are kind of specialty forms like that or forms that you've paid a lawyer for or whatever, and you want to share them uh, or make some profit from them, I think you can do that. You can host it to your website. Um, now, are you going to sell a lot of them without an audience or without marketing? Probably not. But um, if it's something that comes up naturally or you know someone who needs those forms or um, you're networking or whatever, um, or maybe you're starting to do some consulting with therapists, then that just might be a place that you start is uh, with the people that you're already interacting with. Um, otherwise, yeah, you know, you can list something like that on your website, um, <clears throat> but it's, it, it can be, it can be tricky to sell it, right? If you, if you don't have a marketing plan in place for any of this really. So um, got to say that first. I'm going to drink some water now. Okay. All right. Um, so number one was invest your personal finances. Number two is sublease your office for a profit. Number three, sell your paperwork or whatever else you have. Um, number, f uh, sorry, one more point with sell your paperwork. Uh, a lot of people ask like, how do I do that? Or what's the best way to do it? Um, it depends you know, you can do something as simple as a PayPal link. And when they, um, submit the PayPal link, then you just manually email them the documents. You could do that. You know, if you're not selling many, uh, you just want to get off the ground quickly. Otherwise I recommend something like Gumroad. Um, and I don't, um, this is not an affiliate plug, but <clears throat> I recommend something like Gumroad. Um, that's a really cool resource you can get set up quickly off the ground and, 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 uh, offer digital products and stuff. So I like that service. Um, you're going to pay your 3%, 3 point whatever percent regardless. So um, that's just going to be part of it. If you're pricing stuff like this, just tuck that 3% into your price, right? Or figure out what do you want to make from it and then add 3% so that that little cushion is there when people um, inevitably want to use their credit cards. <clears throat> All right. Number four, affiliate marketing with your blog or video blog or podcast or a resource page on your website, whatever it is. <clears throat> now, what is affiliate marketing? Uh, affiliate marketing is just basically you getting a kickback for helping sell something that's already being sold. How's that for a definition? So, um, you know, an example would be if you have a resources page on your website and you talk about a book that you really love, 
that can help clients. Then, or maybe you write a blog article or book review of that book. And then in, um, you add a link to that book, maybe through Amazon affiliates, pretty common one, really easy one to get set up with. And you put that link in there. And if people buy that book through that link, you get a percentage of that sale. That's pretty much all it is. So, um, you know, a cut like that is not going to be really meaningful. You know, it's not going to be a meaningful amount unless you've got, I'd say probably tens of thousands of viewers or readers or subscribers or whatever. Um, so I think you're better off targeting, uh, some, uh, some affiliate, um, uh, marketing kind of relationships that can pay a bit more that could be products or services even in our industry whether it's your website company your ehr something like that um but some that pay a bit more pay 50 60 bucks 70 bucks whatever um that can start to add up you know that can start to be a meaningful contribution to your overall income um clearing my throat a whole lot this morning it seems don't know why probably because i'm tired um, didn't sleep too well last night for whatever reason, but, uh, that's what we're, that's what we're working with this morning. So I apologize. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're already focusing on your content marketing, you're already putting, uh, you know, putting content out there. Um, if you're recommending a product or a service or software or whatever, um, I think you can, you know, you might as well get to earn some affiliate marketing money from that. You do need to have like an affiliate disclosure somewhere on your website. And ideally you, you tell people, Hey, this is an affiliate link, um, just to be fully <clears throat> transparent with your audience and maintain that trust. So, but yeah, it can be kind of a cool feeling, you know, when you just see affiliate fees coming through, um, after you already set it up it can be, can be quite passive actually. And it's, um, it's, you know, it's capitalizing on some efforts that you're already making, meaning your content. So that was number four. Number five, um, create a digital product and sell it. Okay. So I'm talking about an ebook or some sort of premium content, something they can download, right? Um, something I would say small, um, a little bit later, I'm going to talk about courses. That's going to be later in this, um, this list, but for now, I'd say a small digital product, something like an ebook or whatever, uh, a workbook, something like that, that they can download. And again, I like Gumroad for just getting off the ground. If you just want an easy solution to start with, um, <clears throat> again, with any digital product, your, your sales are only going to be as good as your audience. Your sales will be proportionate to your audience. So if you don't have an audience or you don't have people reading or following along, probably not going to sell many. So just keep that in mind and, and, you know, don't be disappointed when you spend all this time working on this ebook or whatever and people don't buy, right? Because you don't have that audience or you don't have a marketing plan for it. You know, you could do something like paid advertising or Facebook ads if you're trying to sell something or sell a product. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind. So again, I think these can be on the lower end of return. You know, if you, even if you sell an ebook for 20 bucks and you sell just a couple of those a month, um, again, it's not, I don't know if it's going to be a meaningful change in your income, a meaningful contribution to your income. Um, but certainly it can be one of many gardens, so to speak. So there you have it. Um, number six, sublease a suite for a profit. Okay. So you notice how this is number six, even though I already talked about subleasing just your office for a profit as number two. The reason is you're basically becoming a landlord in this case. Um, 
some therapists do this and do it really well uh, in terms of subleasing a suite for a profit. Um, you go, you could go in, you could, you could decorate the whole thing, get it set up. You're on the lease, et cetera. Um, but you're a landlord, you know, so I don't do this unless you want to be a landlord. I think that's an important part. Um, don't do it just cause you want the money. I think there's going to be certain headaches that come with this one that I, I personally don't want. Um, but if it works for you, you have a great suite, um, and you enjoy this kind of stuff. You enjoy, you know, kind of working with other therapists and keeping things organized and keeping their lease up to date and all that stuff. Great. Go for it. You know, but again, you're the one that's got to supply the tissues. You're the one that's got to coordinate with the cleaner. And when the cleaner falls through, you know, you've got to go in and clean it yourself or whatever. So, um, you might find yourself cleaning a toilet or two in this passive, non-passive additional income generating, (laughs) uh, option for you. Number six, that was, um, but again, I think it can be done. It can be decent revenue, um, uh, when, compared to some of these other things I've talked about, you know, you could be ideally making at least a few hundred dollars per office in a suite. So, um, it could make, it should at least make your office free and then make you a profit. Again, I think, um, think about like, what's the first number that comes to mind in terms of what you would sublease the offices for, and then add about 25% to that at least, at least 25% to that. Um, cause I think we, we tend to really underprice things for ourselves as therapists. And uh, yeah, so I I want you to make a profit as much as possible and think about, again, the intangible kind of um, uh, weight that you're taking on so that people can come in and just have an office that's ready to go or not worry about being on the main uh, lease or whatever. So that's that. Number seven, hire a clinician. Very much less passive than you think. Was that good grammar or what? Very much less passive. A lot less passive than you think. Um, Big disclaimer here, by all means, do not hire a clinician just to make more money, please. Do not involve someone else's life and their livelihood and their family and their finances or their health insurance or lack thereof just because you want to make a little extra money. That is not the right reason to do it. Um, I think I did an episode on this, why you shouldn't become a group practice owner. <laughs> I think it was earlier in the show a ways back. I don't know what episode it was, but a while ago. Um, cause there's a lot of people that start down that road or they go, well, okay, my case is full. Um, and I've got people still calling or developed a waiting list. I should start a group practice. Maybe, but it, it you need to be really mindful about this decision because it's a lot harder to work backwards from it than it is to make a mindful decision right now, make a conscientious decision right now. So um, again, this is number seven because it's it's really far from passive and especially the mental capacity it takes up, especially there's, there's liability involved. There's, um, again, that mental stress of having clinicians working under you, representing you, your name, your practice, et cetera. Um, when one of their clients becomes suicidal, and calls them or gets hospitalized or whatever, uh, or punches a hole in your waiting room wall, guess who they're calling? They're calling you. Not, not very passive. So again, that's why this is kind of high on the list in terms of more active. Um, can be, uh, you know, great additional revenue generating uh, opportunities here, obviously, obviously. Um, but again, going to involve quite a bit 
more work. Don't hire a clinician unless you want to become a group practice owner, you enjoy being a manager, and most importantly, you can fill them up with clients. You can fill their calendar with clients. Otherwise, um, they, they, they can and will go out on their own. So keep that in mind. Uh, number eight, a membership website. These are so in vogue right now. It's, it's amazing. Um, everyone's creating a, a, a membership website. Um, so if you have a niche or a specialty or you're a consultant or whatever, um, I think you can do this. You know, I think it's a decent thing to do. Um, again, I think it is very much a garden that needs maintenance and needs uh, that will need watering and probably more maintenance than, than a lot of people realize. I'm going to drink some more water. Um, so I also think you have to think about what's a meaningful, uh, again, a meaningful contribution or raise in your overall income. Um, if you're doing a membership site for $10 a month and you, I don't know, you only have 10 people in there or something, you make an extra hundred dollars a month, whatever it is. Um, to me, that's not necessarily worth it. That's not worth the setup, the cost, the maintenance, the stress, the customer service issues, the billing issues. Um, I would just want you to think really carefully about um, diving into something like this before you do it. That's that's kind of all I would say. And if you're going to do it, charge what it's worth, especially if it's super niche or something that's not out there. You know, charge what you want to charge for it. But again, if I'm paying $60 a month, whatever, I need $60 of value um, delivered to me every single month. And you need to keep giving me reasons to continue with my membership. Otherwise, it's going to be something that, that I just cancel or I get pissed off about or whatever. And then I might not be likely to buy anything from you. So um, just think about that. Think about that. Um, again, recurring revenue can be great. It's, that's very hot right now as well. Uh, Subscription-based businesses, uh, very hot right now. But, uh, um, but again, they require all sorts of maintenance. Okay, that was number eight. Number nine, we're almost toward the end here, creating a course. Um, <clears throat> I just launched my course, um, quite a bit of work in the making, quite a bit of work to get here, to market it, right. To set everything up, set up the ads, the emails, um, the course content, the webinar, all sorts of stuff. Um, a lot of work up front. Um, if, if it's something that you're going to, you know, do on a regular basis, a lot of that upfront work can be kind of recycled or repeated, but again, a lot, lot, lot of work and potentially a lot of return. So this is why I do like courses. This is why courses are um, quite popular. You see a lot of people doing them because you can, um, you can teach a lot of information to a lot of people and you can make some decent, decent money from it. Um, this is one of those things that could become a full-time job for you or could effectively replace your income. You know, if you had some pieces working really well um, with this. So, um, again, it's something that can work really well, um, when done right. But again, very much a garden. You're going to have to maintain this thing. You're going to have snags and issues and technical issues and billing issues and customer service issues and refunds. So, um, I don't know. I just want to be real about all this stuff again and kind of, um, distilling the myth of true passive income here for you guys. Um, but that's not to say don't do it or don't do something, uh, from this list or something that's not on this list. Um, I do think as therapists, we need to move from our, um, trading time for money. And I think, um, additional revenue streams are really fun. So that's number nine, creating a course. Last one, um, 
lot, lot, lot of work, create a service-based business. <laughs> um, and you might do something for therapists. Like if you're really good at creating websites, you might create a website creation um, business and you might even do, put it on a subscription. So you have some of that recurring revenue. Again, uh, a lot of front, a lot of time up front, especially any kind of service-based business, you're going to have a lot of, um, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of back and forth. There's billing, there's customer service, there's emailing, <clears throat> there's contracts. So uh, a lot of moving parts to this one. But again, if it's something, if you already have a skill or a talent or something that you can offer the industry, um, whether it's therapists or clients, I guess, um, then you could think about a service-based business. Um, you have to have really good systems and processes <clears throat> and, and as much automation as possible for a company like this to work. That's it, guys. That was one through 10. And I did that in about 28 minutes, 44 seconds. Um, um, that's one through 10. Again, from, from most passive or truly passive, mostly passive to more active and, and time and labor intensive. So um, again, just want to give you kind of an honest look at some different ways that you can develop um, uh, passive income, or I'm just going to keep saying additional income or additional um, uh, revenue for your business. So have fun with it. You know, start small, figure out something that works for you, figure out what you enjoy doing and is worth your time. And then again, for all this stuff, you're going to need marketing. You're going to need a way of getting it, your product or whatever, your idea in front of people who need it. So I think that's the thing you have to think about from the beginning. It's almost more important than um, thinking about the product itself. Itself is thinking about the marketing plan and, and uh, the audience, a plan to promote it. Um, but yeah, that's it guys. Otherwise have fun with it. Um, let me know what you think about this episode. Um, I haven't asked you this in a while, but do me and us a quick favor, um, rate review and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, those ratings and reviews help keep the show alive. They help, help it keep getting discovered by other therapists like you. And, um, yeah, it's just really important for us to, um, be able to continue doing this. So do me that quick favor right now. It takes about 60 seconds and uh, it would mean a lot to me. Otherwise, that's it guys. I hope you have a um, great day, great week, and um, I'll see you again very soon. Take care of yourselves. Cheers.